Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navarre. Today, my guest is Richard Carlton. Welcome. Hey, Matt. How are you? So, Richard, you're the president of RC Consulting, and our subject today is is FileMaker Go because it's free now for FileMaker Go 12, and that has huge, huge consequences, I think, and a very large part of your business is dedicated to the success of FileMaker Go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I was talking to the product managers at FileMaker, and I, I, I told them that the news about FileMaker 12 was one thing, which was huge, but the news about Go being free was, I thought, of equal value, if not as large as the release of 12. I mean, it's a big deal. I agree entirely, and for, for a variety of reasons. But your website, rcconsulting.com, has some great resources, some video of different presentations you've made, some great free downloads. Uh, what are the other things you've put up there recently? What we're doing right now is that we're doing the VTC training, and they got uh, John Mark Osborne doing the pro training, and Wim DeCourt doing server, and I'm doing FileMaker Go, and those are all going to be up there. On my site, for free, I've got all the previous uh, DevCon sessions that I've done. In the last two years, we've done Go topics, right, mobile topics, and, it, and all the content there is still very relevant, so I encourage people who are getting into mobile uh, with FileMaker to check out those videos. So what are the really significant things in your mind? What are some of the really big things about uh, Go 12? Fundamentally, it's free. And while it's free, the version 11, uh, the previous version of Go, is still 40 bucks for the pad and $20 for the phone. And so there's an incentive for people to use the free one, which is FileMaker 12, right? In terms of the product itself, they, the biggest issue that they had was when people would sleep the device, they would take a phone call or they would leave FileMaker, they come back, there was this, this long spin-up time for FileMaker to kind of get its legs back under it to spin back up to where it was. And now, with Go, it actually does a process, what they call sleep and restore. It actually sleeps the app in the background, and then the restoration is real easy because the app is already still in RAM memory on the iOS device, so restoration is almost instantaneous. I've noticed that. I A and B'd some things that I've converted over from FileMaker Go 11 to 12 apps, and just look at all the differences between the two. You know, there's really, really subtle little pixel here, pixel there changes. Value lists that pop up that show you the um, scrolling wheel look very different now because they're, they're using the more modern iOS uh, widget for that. And part of what happened with FileMaker 12 is that they rewrote the, uh, well, another product, I call it Clairvoyance, but it's called TypeAhead, whereas you're typing along, FileMaker predicts what you're going to say, and it puts it in there from the index. Mm -hmm. And that was completely rewritten in 12 from the server back to the, to the client, which is Pro or Go. And so that's much faster. There's a lot of things here across the board that are much faster than they were in 11. And so you take that with the fact it's free, you take it with the fact that it restores back uh, from sleeping or from a phone call very rapidly, it reconnects to a server very rapidly. It's a, it's a good product across the board. Yeah, I have to give, I have to agree with all those things. I know that some people are, are criticizing it because it's still not quite as fast. It still doesn't feel quite as snappy as, an, as a, all my other apps on my iPad, but it's really moving in the right direction. I know the product managers at FileMaker are looking at areas in Go that they want to re-engineer to improve in terms of performance. They're always looking at what areas, speed-wise, they want to go after. The reality is, is that FileMaker, the depth of the client at what it does in terms of record locking and all the technical parts that make FileMaker work underneath, that make it work wonderfully, there's a lot of mechanics in there that are going on. And the iOS does a great job of keeping up with that. The problem is, I think, is that they compare it against fairly simple applications, right? And, you know, like, for example, a very simple app that would be out there versus a complex app like FileMaker. 
the client engine, uh, the client, it, it, with all the things that are going on, it's just not going to be as snappy as a real lightweight application. This is not a light app. This is the full client for FileMaker on a mobile device, the whole thing. That's true, but I guess what I'm thinking is if I, if I convert a fairly simple database to run in FileMaker Go, it still doesn't feel as snappy as like a really, really big flight simulator does on, on an iPad. Yeah, and that could be uh, optimization issues that are going on. It's it's partly the communication issues that go back and forth with FileMaker. And like I said, FileMaker is aware of areas they want to optimize to improve. Um, and so this second release, this is really Go version of Go 2.0 that we have now. And it's vastly better than what we had previously uh, for the FileMaker 11 product line. But they are looking at improvements and how that will get better as we go forward over the next you know X number of years. So I think it's kind of funny if you stand back and think, if you take – um, Go 12 out of the equation for a second, and you look at what happened in the iTunes store. FileMaker Go 1.2 upgraded from version 1.2 to 11 and didn't add any new features. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that threw a lot of people. The problem, and we saw this when we were doing these uh, these Go videos that were even before the thing had shipped, is that we're going. We keep referring to FileMaker Go 1.2 or FileMaker Go 12, and the difference there is a decimal point, right? So yeah. it was a it was a source of confusion, and so I think it was smart for them to rename the product. Yeah, definitely, and it totally makes sense to do that at the time that 12 ships. Yeah, that was good. Yep. Well, the, the product supports all the new charting that's in the pro version, the new charting engine that was, uh, that was rebuilt uh, from FileMaker uh, 11 to 12. That's a great improvement. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of things in here. It, in fact, it, just, it supports um, – in fact, I'm having a hard time finding things it doesn't support, to be honest with you. It's, it, I was kind of shocked and very pleased that, uh, that it supports Retina Display fully. Yeah, and it was, it was kind of scary right before it shipped because I was uh, – you know, I, I like – telling little backstories about bits and pieces, but mm-hmm. the last version that we were had bef- in testing right before it went out um, didn't support Retina. It was kind of ugly, right? That's true. And so, I, and so, and so I, pin, I pinned Ryan Griggs down at FileMaker about that, and he was awful cagey about whether, when they were going to get that fixed. And I, and, and I was concerned it would be a while yet, but they got it fixed out of the gate, so I'm very happy with that. Yep, that was an excellent move. Recommendation for the developers out there, because the Retina display, you need to incorporate you need to incorporate buttons and graphics at a higher resolution than what you would do previously for a desktop because things that look okay in desktop are starting to look kind of cheesy and, and low quality on an on a iPad 3, right? And so uh, think about putting higher res images and higher res buttons into some of your apps, especially if they're running locally on the uh, iOS device. Obviously, big images from a server. That's a concern because you don't want to push all that through the network. But um, it was things that looked really good on a desktop were looking a little cheesy on the iPad three. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's actually it's a nice thing that you can just make them higher res in your design. It changes nothing for users on the desktop, nothing for users who are using iPad twos. But for using a third gen iPad, it's it's beautiful. No, it's it's a very beautiful. Uh, uh, the hardware and the execution there, and the software level is beautiful. And I, it's it's for FileMaker. Um, we're very excited that they supported this out of the gate. I was really pleased to see that you can import and export files, and that you can directly capture audio and video now from a container field, and just like a, either add new content or replace existing content with with that. It works beautifully. Yeah, they were they were going down those roads. Uh, they were going down those roads with FileMaker Go 11 as we were calling it now. And, of course, with the remote container capability in FileMaker 12, which is this basically a super containers type of technology, it's the idea of document management that doesn't cause problems in performance for your database. I guess maybe you've talked about this in your previous podcast, but mm-hmm. the remote container issue is fully supported in Go. 
as long as the database is up on the server. And so you can capture movies and capture photos and things like that, and it pushes them right up the remote container beautifully, um, wonderfully supported. And let's see, that must also work if the containers... Let's see. So if you, if you set up a single-user file, this is kind of a good technical question to which I do not know the answer. <laughs> and um, so on your copy of FileMaker, on your desktop, you say, okay, I want to store my container fields in this directory next to my database file. And then I put that file on the iPad. The, the photos won't come across, or will they come across for the right? No, they don't. They don't. And, and, and so there's actually a new feature for this, so we can have a little educational moment now. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, is that if you just bring it across without the directory of images, um, it's going to break. In fact, there is no support for remote container at the local level on an iOS device with FileMaker Go. So what there is is that you go onto your database on your desktop with FileMaker Pro, and the option to save a copy as has been around for a long time. There, th- there has historically been three options there. Save a clone, uh, compress a copy, or just save a regular copy. There's now a fourth option, which is to make a standalone copy. The standalone copy will take the external directory of images and re-embed them back as internal containers. The idea that you take that larger single file and you move it to your uh, Go That's device. That's beautiful. I, I noticed when I was playing with, uh, with Pro 12 that the other side of that feature is also there. So if you have a database from the past that has a bunch of container fields stored in the file, that now there's a, a, a capability to break them out to a folder. So this is great. So you can actually get both benefits of, um, of separating the documents out when you want to use it on the desktop and then incorporating them back in when you want to deploy it on Go. Yeah, I mean, containers were really the issue, the problematic for everyone when they were on a network, a wide area network connection. And, and of course, so when they're running locally on your device, especially on a device with flash memory, having a container in a database that makes the database bigger is not such a big concern. It works pretty well. Mm-hmm. But the issue has always been that when you would try to access a container across the wide area network, that's where the remote container really shines in terms of performance. So they didn't really need it uh, a remote container on a directory locally on the iOS device, if that makes sense. So they, so if it's local on the device, it's going to be internal to the database. If you're on a Go app, on a, if you're on an iOS device with FileMaker Go and you're accessing a FileMaker server, then there is full support at that point for the remote container of that hosted database. Right, and I love also that the container fields, if they're photos, automatically build different um, different thumbnails at different resolutions based on what your database actually has in its layouts. Yeah, that's correct. It, 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 it works very similar to the way that historically super containers worked, and that is that it automatically re- renders a thumbnail for you at the server level, and it pushes it down to the client. So all you see is that little thumbnail until you get to the point where you say, show me the full version of it, and then it downloads the whole image and gives it to you for display. Cool. So what are some of the limitations that you think we have to keep in mind as we develop and work with, uh, with Go? Well, I think it's just uh, primarily you can't have massive data sets and lots of crunching and computing that are going to go on with an iOS device. We're back to kind of the old standards. I mean, can you touch it with your finger? You know, you don't have a pointer and a mouse. Is the buttons are the are the buttons big enough for you to touch on your iOS device for mm-hmm. you to activate properly? That's always an issue. It's not going to do massive data crunching. Although, once again, keep in mind is that if you start a script running and you sleep it. You, you take a phone call or you leave and you come back to it. Say you play an Angry Bird session because you got you know tired of FileMaker. You come back to it. A script that was running previously 
will generally resume. That's a new feature in Go 12. Hmm. And so, uh, so you're not going to necessarily get hung up with reports that get stopped halfway. But, you know, these are iOS devices. They're battery-powered. Um, and they don't have the horsepower of a desktop computer. So keep in mind that you're not going to want to do hardcore uh, analytics or, you know, massive reporting that you would normally do on a desktop computer. Sure. Um, that's the, those are the big issues, frankly. But in terms of support of all the features, charting and containers and layouts and all the new CSS themes and everything, it's all in there. Pretty cool. I kind of wish they had swiping between records and some other more native gestures, but they don't have very many of those. Yeah, and, and as you may have heard or have seen, you know, they, FileMaker has been playing with that capability, and I, I think it's not quite uh, settled yet in their minds how that should operate, but they have been experimenting with additional uh, gesture controls, and I think in the future you'll see a broader, uh, broader support for those things. Yeah, what they'll have to do when they implement those is they're going to have to uh, implement the controls to how to deal with them, you know, basically new trigger options in FileMaker Pro. And then those things won't actually do anything in FileMaker Pro. You'll only be able to test and see how they work when you put the app in Go. And there's a couple things like that now, like uh, the geolocation. Yeah, there's a couple specific features in uh, Go. Uh, get your current location, which is neat. Um, but there aren't a lot of Go-specific triggers. Those are really Git functions. And so the Go triggers that we've been hoping to see haven't quite manifested themselves yet. Although I think 12 was such a huge release and it's been, you know, two years or more in the making uh, to get it out the door that I think that those things are areas that you're going to see FileMaker come back and pick up and take care of. But I, this, this release was an infrastructure release. This was all about getting the new file format, the new server, all the infrastructure necessary to make a really robust platform. Yep, it definitely seems like that. And it was pretty awesome that they did all that on one day. <laughs> yeah, all on one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they dropped it on one day. Yeah, it was big news. And the consultants, you know, for the most part, had no idea that the product was going to be free. Um, and it was a bombshell to everyone about the that FileMaker Go being free. I mean, suddenly all these people can try FileMaker on their iOS device. And they never before would consider spending 40 bucks just to try an app out. Um, yeah. And that's, that's really the, the reason why suddenly it's free. It's, that's, it's to get people exposed to a platform, get them exposed to something that's exceptionally cool. It's, it's, I, I look at FileMaker Go being free as a complete gateway drug, right? It's going to get people hooked. It's going to get them addicted. And then they're going to want to do more. And then it's off the races. They're going to want server. They want pro. They're going to want all these other things. Exactly. The whole freemium concept. Yep. Freemium is a good term for that. And there's so many, there's been a really interesting, well, of course, you can't do in-app purchases yet, but I was going to go with on that is a lot of apps for the iPad um, you can get for free. Like you can get a free version of Angry Birds that shows you ads. And then a lot of other apps you can, once you're in the app, you can just buy something when you're in there, you know. Oh, a really good example is this new one. I think it's called Paper. Yeah, I've not seen that yet. It's really beautiful. And the pen modeling is just so beautiful of how it works and, and the animation from pages. And it's really, really nice to, to do little paintings or take notes. But And it has all these different pens it supports, you know, markers and fountain pens and things like that. But it only gives you one that come with the app for free. And it only gives you like a limited set of colors. And if you want to really buy stuff, you have to, for $2 or whatever, inside the app, you buy other pens for the kind of things that you want to draw. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's a it's a, an in app upgrade, and and I'm sure FileMaker has thought about and discussed that. I think the the easiest route for them to do to get this out the door was just to make the whole thing free, and then count on revenue, obviously, on the backside with server and pro. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see at some point in the future they'd have some sort of killer feature they'd put in there, and then you'd be an in app upgrade if you really wanted it. I I could see the case being made for that. Sure. Well, I could even see third party companies by coming out with an app that you download from their website, yep. and that app actually is a store which gives you access to some other really interesting sample files. And so you just open up that database in FileMaker Go and download other FileMaker Go databases from there, some of which are free, some of which are commercial. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a whole ecosystem that's going to build around the fact that this uh, we now have effectively a runtime for FileMaker, and it's and it's free, and it's on a a very trendy platform that's growing. I mean, between Android and iOS, I mean, that's the entire smartphone uh you know, market right there. Yeah, pretty much. And and really, I don't see the market for FileMaker Go as being iPhone. I think it's really iPad. That's my thought. <laughs> well, that's the way that's the way I interact with it. I mean, I, I largely find the phone size uh, a bit frustrating. Only if I'm stuck in the middle of nowhere um, and I have my phone, I'll try to log in with a database. But largely, if I can drag my pad with me, I'm a much happier person. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think w- w- with a database. Most of it is not just looking stuff up. You know, you're really like adding, like if you're if you're a sales rep in the field, you're using it to take photos, add notes. You know, maybe you are looking for information like where's my next appointment, how do I get there, stuff like that. But a, a database is fundamentally a read-write thing, not a read-only thing. And I think for iPad or iPhone, it's really more of a read-only thing. You know, you don't very often make a bunch of changes in apps you have on your phone. Right. It gets into the issue of uh, the consumption device idea. You know, what, when, are, when are users just consuming the content, you know, watching movies, listening to music, and when are they actually creating content? I think, I think the iPad is a lightweight content creation uh, tool. Um, it's most, I, I think for most people it's consumption, but in business, they're certainly com- they're composing emails, they're interacting with Evernote, other uh, mm-hmm. you know, collaborative tools like that besides FileMaker. Sure. And, and so it makes sense that that area is one that businesses are going to explore. In fact, out of the gate, we, we commented, we noticed a lot, that businesses were slow to pick up on this. Uh, only in the last, even in the middle of a recession, only in the last six to 12 months that businesses, in my opinion, really started to pay attention to the iPad as a, as a tool that they can leverage and make their operations more efficient. It's, it's been a slow uh, adaptation. For me, it was obvious. Oh, hey, there it is. Awesome. Let's take it on the road. But a lot of businesses just don't operate at that speed, and they, it takes them a while to see the benefit. I was surprised. I thought, like you, that people were going to, that businesses were going to see it right away. But you're right; they didn't. It took them a while, and but I think they really have now. Yeah, they're starting to see it. We get more calls on a daily basis about people talking about mobile versus, you know, when the, you know, even a year ago when I thought that would have happened, it was mostly still all desktop conversation, and now it's, you know, partly desktop and a lot of mobile people how can i do this with the pad how can i do this how do i do barcoding how do i do this how do i how do i let all my engineers see or their my sales team see each other where they're at and where they're at in the city relative to their customers yeah. i mean all these things that we can and frankly we can do now because we new functions in filemaker go that support you know location etc yeah it's true it's kind of funny in in just a couple of short years um, the ipad has gone from you know zero to now if you take a look at the best selling model of the best-selling notebook from Dell and, and you know, IBM, Lenovo, and any other vendor. The iPad is far ahead of any model of any notebook from any vendor or any computer notebook or uh, desktop. It's the number one 
computer in the world. Yeah, and it and it, cu- it cuts across all ages. Uh, I'm always amazed, and I, you know, and I'm 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 not really young like I was 20 more. I have a lot of college students that work for me, but you know, I'm you know mid 40s, and I but I pull up in line or I'll be at the grocery store or at a restaurant somewhere, and there'll be it has to be someone 65 or 70 years old banging away on an iPad in the in the booth behind me, and I'm always amazed to see that because I always always assumed that the newest technology would be the stuff that the 18 year olds or 16 year olds would be working with, and I've got 65, 70 year olds that are really digging into the iPad. It it honestly blows my mind. Oh yeah, I love that. So, what other impact do you think it's going to have? The fact that FileMaker Go 12 is now free. Well, I think we're going to see finally a in an exploratory phase by younger people in using FileMaker. The average age of the uh, consultants and developers who use FileMaker is actually even older than me. I think it's late 40s or early 50s. And that's really old for a technology uh, user group. Um, And the younger folks just don't use FileMaker unless... They work for me, and I pay them to do it, right, to be honest with you. I mean, I got 15 college students that work for me, and they've never heard of FileMaker until they show up and, and, and take a job application. So, But now it's free. Now there's no excuse for them not to go and play with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're going to see kids as young as you know, 10, 11, 12, 15, you know, digging and playing with building apps, uh, downloading the FileMaker Pro trial and building things and putting them on their iPad or iPhone and sharing them with their friends. And then there's this exposure. Now, of course, that doesn't result in revenue tomorrow for FileMaker, but in a couple of years, that's going to result in, in a, a change of mind share and people buying, um, companies buying patterns as these students become adults and they move into the workforce. That's a big game changer long term. Mm-hmm. So didn't one of your kids uh, write and, and deploy an app for FileMaker Go already? Yeah, you know, Alex, who was at the developer conference last year, he's uh, he's an avid uh, radio control guy, and he actually took a database that I had been using for a long time, and he rebuilt it. It's called Plane Commander, and he uh, has built this thing for FileMaker uh, on the iPad, FileMaker Go 12, and it's totally free, and it works, of course, that works well with the model that Go is free, so the whole thing is free end-to-end, mm-hmm. and it allows them to people to go off who are doing... Uh, you know, more sophisticated uh, radio control projects or UAV, uh, unmanned aerial projects, to document all the uh, the manuals and photos and build-outs and, and all the technical components of the aircraft uh, into this app that's free. And so he's actually going out the industry. He's got a press release and training videos and this whole thing, and he's out building this thing. And 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 was funny because he was working on this. He builds the first version of this, and it's, oh, that's kind of cool. And the next thing I know, he's in my office talking to one of my college students has been working for me for 18 months he ends up hijacking him i have to sign off on it right because my kid wants to go off and build an app you know i'm not going to say no to that right so (laughs) off he goes he steals one of my engineers and they've been off scheming and building this thing for like two three weeks and bang it's done and so it's up it's online it's available and i just amazed to watch that suddenly where the 40 dollar was a barrier before suddenly the barrier goes down and now you have access to these younger students and kids who suddenly realize that, oh, FileMaker, A, it's cool, I can build something that's cool, and it's free, at least for now, mm-hmm. and, and they can get to play with it and show off to their friends and actually do something productive with it. Yeah. I mean, it's not an app development kit if you want to write a game, but if you want to build a database-type app, which is a huge market, I think, I think there's a ton of different kind of things that people are going to want to organize. Yeah, well, I mean, you think about what FileMaker can do. FileMaker can, can, can largely quack and act like text, a text messaging app. You can make it bark and act like a Facebook application, a social media app. There's a lot mm-hmm. that FileMaker can do very well. It doesn't make a, a, a gaming development environment at all 
it is it's horrific for that. But beyond that, um, anything that where you're manipulating tax and manipulating data and needing to share that data, FileMaker can be your uh, your base build for that. It it it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Also, collect and organize and search for large amounts of data. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I also got to wonder, like uh, for photo storage, you know, you'd be able to. I guess if you have databases like a large number of pictures you need to use for something professional, maybe even something like a um, product manual. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because it's free, you can take uh, you can build a local database that runs on your FileMaker, mm-hmm. iOS device, phone or pad. You can collect all the photos in there. I mean, that's partly what Alex did with Plain Commander is it documents all these high-resolution photos out of an iPad 2 or iPad 3. People are taking photos and documenting all these things, mm-hmm. and it stores them in there. And you can make a sales tool for a company to go out and show their product. You don't have to hire a fancy programmer to go off into Xcode and to build something for you like that. You don't have to offshore it out to India and hope that works out. Cross your fingers, right? You can actually have someone local probably within your own building or with your own organization who's heard a FileMaker, who knows something about it, can throw something together, and it's immediately usable on a mobile device for free. Yep, that's pretty insanely great. I mean, there was some apps that I've built over the years for, for uh, FileMaker Go because it's been out for, I guess, what, since two years now? Yeah, almost two Seems years. Seems like it. And because it was $40, there's no way that I would really ever get people to use that. Like one of them I built was called Band Practice. Um, I remember that. I remember I saw that. Yeah, from my rock band. And I had a database of songs that we were playing. And so we could all have our iPads sitting on the music stand. And we could say, well, what, what song do you want to play? And everyone's like, you know, scratching their head. And, and then we can say, we just call it a song or just look through the database and say, oh, how about, you know, Brown Eyed Girl or I don't know. And then it's in the database. Everybody clicks it. And, um, and then the singer gets the lyrics. The guitarist gets the chords and maybe, you know, the riffs with any kind of a solo. The bass player gets the chords. Uh, in really, really large type because bass players can't read very well. No, that was that was true. Um, the drummer gets to see pictures of girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the whole thing was cool and it was neat, but it was never going to see any sort of broad scale use because at forty bucks a seat, people, you know, you're running around in an environment that Apple has cultivated this environment where ninety nine cents is the norm and four ninety nine is an expensive app. Mm-hmm. And forty bucks is like, oh, I can't believe that, right? And so suddenly you make it free. You make it this addictive gateway drug, and suddenly things that were innocuous, these small apps, these playing commanders, the band practices, all these little things that go out there that expose people to FileMaker, suddenly there's now traction with them because we're over this hurdle. And while I think 40 bucks is completely worth every penny that you get out of this, uh, making it free makes it completely, you know, uh, acceptable for the masses out there who would normally, you know, wonder if 40 bucks was worth a uh, trial. Yeah, because there's really no way to try a app for iOS. That's no, that's, and the, that was the whole problem. And yeah. there was no way to try a forty dollars app without plunking down forty bucks and hoping it didn't stink. Yeah. So what's and, awesome? Yeah, what's awesome is there has always been a way to try FileMaker Pro. Just go to FileMaker.com and download a free thirty day trial, yes. which would actually give you the ability to fully develop an app for iOS. And then if it's done, you can deploy it on iOS and let your FileMaker Go expire and never need it. I mean, really, that's not realistic because you're going to end up buying a copy of it. But theoretically, that would be possible to actually have a fully deployed solution for free. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's how, you know, every uh, seemingly harmless, uh, you know, drug addiction starts off. You start off with something that's free, then I will try the 30-day, and I'll be done with it in a week or so, then two weeks and three weeks and four weeks, and suddenly you're out plunking down your credit card buying copies of FileMaker because it's that cool. People get to use FileMaker, and until they experience the benefit of the product, they don't get how awesome it is. And, And if they get the exposure to the to the core awesomeness of the product, and I, I mean that very seriously when I say that, mm-hmm. um, then, then they get it. And then, then, frankly to them, in most situations, it's worth ab- every last penny they pay for it. But for people who haven't experienced that before, it's a hard sell, right? Yeah, it's true. It's hard to describe. You have to just do it, you know? Well, once you, once you have a, a business process that used to take you four or five days a month to do, and you do it in two or three hours on a Monday from now on, and you just saved yourself three and a half days of time and effort, Trust me, you, you, <laughs> you can't pay people fast enough to, to save that time. I mean, people want that time saving. And you show it to them, they experience it viscerally, they're sold for life. That's true. I tell you, every time, every time I see FileMaker get into a place to start solving problems, we're starting to really be like, you know, <laughs> cheerleaders for FileMaker. But I don't know. I don't think you developed as long as you and I have and not really love the platform and what, well, what it can do. Absolutely. I, 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 I eat my own dog food. You know, the plane commander stuff uh, that Alex has been running around with, I, you know, I built the first cut of that years ago, like four or five, six years ago when Super Container first came out. And we were using that for document management with these things. And I, I use that thing, man, every other day I'm into that, that database. Um, when I'm done with my work and I'm off building planes or doing something like that. Sure. And, and, and suddenly, you know, now we can expose people to this thing and Alex takes it, runs with it, adapts it for the iPad, steals an engineer. And now you've got a product manager who's 13 years old running around, you know, pimp and FileMaker. And, and, and in the big scheme of things, a month ago, he didn't really, you know, he'd gone to FileMaker conference, but he didn't really get how cool it was. Now he's like, wow, this is cool. And I can put this in here. And I go, yes. And he gets it. And the light goes on, ding, right? I got to say, I think it's so awesome that your kid, a 13-year-old kid, got to hire an engineer to build a project. That's just amazing. <laughs> well, it's like a startup. I called Tell Alex it's a startup, and I'm his uh, venture capital, right? And, uh, and so I still had to pay my engineer because my engineer wasn't going to donate the time for free. But that sure. being said, uh, it's, uh, it's off the races with a startup, you know? And, uh, you know, it'll, it, you know, 13-year-old might run to the ground, it'll crash and burn. Who knows what will happen? I may be wildly successful. I don't know. But the point is, is that it shows the power of the tool. It shows how easy it is to get into this. The, 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 the hardcore programming guy who built the app has been using FileMaker for 18 months, right? That's it. Before that, he worked at, at Burger King, for real. I kid you not. Hmm. So he goes from Burger King to working for me. 18 months later, you get an app that comes out, that goes on go, that's free, that gets this exposure. That's you know? a great story. It's a, actually, it's a, it's a wonderful story. And, uh, but, you know, people try it out and use it. I, what can I say? I mean, the... All the complaints that people had, you know, they get these reviews for the previous version of FileMaker Go. FileMaker took those seriously. Every time someone wrote a scathing review, I know the product managers cringed down there at the headquarters. Mm-hmm. And they took those complaints seriously. And they went right after those issues. And the biggest one was the whole restoration issue. So FileMaker listens. When people talk about the product and they want things fixed, FileMaker listens. And so the product gets better. Um, the free thing is huge. Um, and, and 12 across the board, you know, I could, we could spend hours on this thing. Um, the server product, vastly better than 11. Vastly, vastly, mm-hmm. vastly better. Not even close. And, uh, and so we're, we're at the beginning of the next stage of evolution for FileMaker. 12 oh, yeah. is the beginning of that. And I've got to say, the look, the, all the new tools for what you can do with the layout, 
you know, even if you don't use themes, but just using the things that themes gives you access to, the transparency and gradations. And um, uh, if you hover over a button and click into a button, so now you can actually choose the look and all those states, which is beautiful. It makes it, you can build a, a much closer to a real application um, with the tools, and I just love that. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist. And as much as I love Matt Petrowski, you don't have to hire Matt Petrowski to build it for you either. I mean, Matt is like one of the ultimate design people. But FileMaker 12 is designed to minimize the need for that kind of person. It just does it. It makes awesome-looking databases, and you, all you have to do is kind of point it in the general direction. It does it for you. It's, yeah. it's, it's great. And actually, it's going to open up a lot of markets for Matt, though, too, because uh, the... Yeah. Um, many different aspects of, of the features of 12 are going to be something that he can actually make other tools for. He can make, you know, higher resolution buttons now. And mm-hmm. yep. um, the CSS, it's pretty, it's difficult to get at it. And FileMaker doesn't use the word CSS when they describe themes. But um, the CSS files are actually embedded inside the FileMaker application. Yep. And Matt could actually build a whole bunch of more of those themes and you can actually copy and paste them into the application. And then when uh, yeah. you build a solution, poof, there they are. You can apply them. I'm eagerly awaiting a developer like Matt or someone to come up with uh, additional theme libraries for FileMaker. FileMaker's got some great theme libraries, but certainly in my mind, I look at them and I see, you know, oh, uh, there's possibilities for improving that. And FileMaker doesn't want to create 200 themes, right? Sure. It's like it's like fonts. How many fonts do you really need, right? But two. I, <laughs> two. Uh, but, but I could see, you know, <laughs> FileMaker, how many themes are in there? Like 20 or 30 themes, something like that? 40, I think. Is it that many? That's quite a few. Okay, um, I think so. You know, and if and if there, but there's a handful of ones that maybe they're missing. Um, you know, that you really want. You know, you go to a theme library design uh, somewhere like Matt Petrowski, uh, iOS ISO right mm-hmm. uh, Productions, and uh, suddenly you have. You know, instead of forty themes to pick from, maybe you have hundred and forty themes. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's it's wonderful that this is opening up. Yeah, but then the way Matt does it in the Theme Studio project um, is you. You can browse through all the different ones and only download the ones you really want. Exactly. That's, that's the way that works. Yeah, I have a subscription to that, and we look at it periodically for inspiration, to be honest with you. It's a good tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've used it. I, and you know what? Here's the other thing that totally blew me away. He did all this custom programming in that thing. He, did, he got the, a plug-in, um, all this Java code and all this other stuff. I converted it to 12, and it just worked. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I, I know that a lot of people, even myself, have been you know a little leery. Brand new release comes out, and it's as big as this one. We're kind of sitting on the sidelines. But honestly, um, there's a couple little performance uh, conversations that are going on. But I haven't heard anything about the functionality being outright broken. I think most of the time, uh, the pro- a lot of people are saying it's faster in some areas. A couple people are saying it's slower if they're doing a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a certain list views are scrolling. And I think that FileMaker will probably figure out that there's some bugs in it and they'll fix it, obviously, like sure. anything else. Um, but I was waiting to see if, you know, there was an outright breakdown of, of solutions, and I haven't seen that. Neither have I. I actually have got a – I converted a solution on the very first day, this new development project – um, it's a mature database, but we're taking it to a vertical market mm. and um, converted the master on the first day, and it's been beautiful. Wow, that's great. And so all you have to do largely, uh, file, this is great, the conversion migration you know, warning document from FileMaker, when we went from FileMaker 6 to 7, it was 158 pages, something like that, this really gnarly Bible book thing that would kill a tree to print. And the PDF in FileMaker 12, your conversion issues, fits on a single 8.5 by 11 piece of paper. 
The only th- there's only been like a handful of things that I found that don't work, and really it's just a couple plugins that just don't work. Yeah, a couple little visual issues uh, sometimes in the conversion of the uh, themes, right? A little bit, sometimes mm-hmm. a little bit there, but it's it's purely a couple pixels here and there that are off. It doesn't impair the functionality, and like I said, unless you have a plugin, right? Yeah, but then I think even the plugins, the one I was referring to was the developer's assistant, mm-hmm. um, and they actually have a beta that works perfectly with twelve. So. <laughs> yeah, you're seeing all the the plugin developers are all getting in line. Uh, uh, Productive Computing, 360 Works, all these folks that are serious plugin um, developers, they're all getting everything uh, updated and converted so it works well with 12, which is great news. I like to see support from the community for the Definitely. for the release. Yeah, I think I looked at the list on 360 Works. They have a whole slew of plugins, and every single one of them, I think maybe except one, was fully supported, and that one had like a minor issue that they're working on and probably is fixed by now. Um, that was they were really on the ball with it. Yeah, they've been uh, pretty hyper down there. They're doing a lot of new work and a lot of new development, plus getting things uh, fixed for uh, to make sure they work with twelve. And so I, I was on the phone with them uh, on and off for the last number of weeks, almost every other day, uh, making sure that they're all dialed in with their releases. So we're because you know Super Container is still going to be a major player for a while with document management, mm-hmm. and we wanted to make sure that was going to be supported with twelve, and uh, it is. So that's good news. Well, you know, now that even though the, the 12 uh, remote container feature looks and feels really similar to Super Container, it doesn't do nearly as much as Super Container does in some areas. But I think it also really validates the whole idea of Super Container and also builds a platform that Super Container can now start improving. So I, I expect that 360 Works is going to really take advantage of that and, and um, come up with some tools that allow you to, to manage and maintain and um, split and migrate and merge and do all these other things with these uh, document libraries that yeah. that they really already fully understand um, from helping their customers with. No, absolutely. I mean, I know the remote container technology, you know, came out uh, because they needed that core functionality in the base product, right? And of course, there's things that Super Container does that Remote Container doesn't. But Remote Container also installs with like one checkbox, and if you want it encrypted, it's one more checkbox. I mean, the installation right. of it is super simple. Yep. Uh, and so uh, that's great news on that end, and of course, 360 can expand it. But yeah, I mean, 360 saw, I mean, it was like 2006 that they came out with their product initially, and mm-hmm. it was, you know, amazing. And so, um, and obviously, it's been validated, because I remember FileMaker finally coming to the you know, conclusion, oh my, we really need this, right? And so they went out of their way to get this uh, done for 12, and I applaud that greatly. Well, this has been a great look at some of the details of, of uh, 12. There's actually one other thing that I kind of wanted to throw out regarding the significance thing, and that is that I think it's huge that FileMaker made a really big course correction. They, you know, by making Go 12 free, they said, hey, we realized we were wrong by charging $40 for the first version of this, because they could have, maybe would have, should have done that in the first version of FileMaker Go. You know, I sat down with a senior management down there. I remember having a lunch conversation that was completely, you know, confidential at the time. And they were talking about pricing, and they and they, they, they were not concretely certain how they wanted to handle it. They had a whole range of things. But even early on, free was not even on the on the plate for discussion. It was always going to be some dollar amount. Mm-hmm. So it is a huge course correction, and I applaud that. I do, too. I think it's a, a beautiful sign that, that uh, maybe they're going to be – there's been some other things that people in the developer community, every developer has their own pet issue, and it would be very bad for FileMaker to, to overly listen to that. But I think that you know if they make a course correction on, on that, uh, maybe they'll do something else, like maybe have a free version of Pro Advanced available for students. 
I'm big on student support, obviously, listening to this conversation. I think that's a big one. Um, I think fixing, you know, gaping, uh, missing holes in the platform have has been big with this release. I mean, mm-hmm. the UI correction, the web publishing engine, the web publishing core rebuilt. It's been a gaping problem for a long time. The super container, remote container conversation has been a gaping hole. I mean, FileMaker plugs so many issues with this release, and they progressively go out and say, oh, it's going to be free for the mobile folks. I mean, I, I, yeah. Well, it's big. Big. It's really big. Big, 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 big. Big, big, (laughs) big. Well, thanks very much for your time today, Richard. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it.